the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, when we come into times of persecution, we have a tendency to withdraw and be silent. Jesus said, don't do it. That's our time to be salt and light. Well, you've joined us for another edition of Study Verse by Verse featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. This is a daily visit, and Pastor Leighton has been in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, the Sermon on the Mount, for a number of broadcasts, and we'll continue on into next week. If you miss any of them, you can find them on the website, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Well, have you ever thought of yourself as salt? It might be a little difficult to wrap your mind around if you suffer with high blood pressure, but in this instance, this illustration, it's exactly what we should be. Salt and light. If a Christian lives like Christ, they are going to be persecuted. So there's a question. Is Christ's righteousness seen in us? When you look at things like social metrics, like divorce and so forth, we find there's very little difference between people who call themselves Christian and those who don't. Jesus calls us to live lives of righteousness. He said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. On my account links the blessing with the profession of Christian faith and Christian lifestyle. He's pronouncing a blessing on those who are identified with him. But I also want to make sure you don't miss the one word that's very important, Not to miss, and that's the word falsely. Because believers are called to engage in conduct that does not allow people to accuse them genuinely. We only get this blessing if we're accused falsely. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. So so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So far from being told to be sad, Christians are told to be glad when they are being persecuted. In fact, they're told to rejoice. Now, why would we be glad when we're being persecuted? And the verse goes on to give us the answer. It says, because great is your reward. There's a reward for being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not only is there a reward, but it's not a small reward. It's a great reward. It's a big reward. Now this reward is given to us in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. You see, if this reward was simply given to us in this world, it's going to be taken from us one way or another. But we're going to have a great reward for us waiting in heaven that we're going to enjoy for all eternity for being persecuted for righteousness' sake. And then it goes on, says that there's another reason. And that is that we're 
we're being treated the way the prophets were treated. And, and, and so we're in good company because the prophets were considered exceptional servants of God that suffered greatly. And what it's saying here is when we suffer persecution, it may not be to the same degree or it may not be in the same manner, but we are associated with those who have been faithful before. We are associated with the great men and women of faith. According to Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes called the Believer's Hall of Faith or the Believer's Hall of Fame, Abraham looked for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why? Because he was looking forward to his reward. Jesus is described as, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It was Jesus who said, reward, rejoice for great is your reward. Great is your reward. You know, when God comes to judge the world, whatever persecutions we may have endured in our life are going to pale in comparison with the reward that awaits us. It's so important for us to keep the big picture in mind when we're going through life's difficulties. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. And against His will, all of creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope, eager hope, For the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. I'm really looking forward to that new body, because this one's wearing out. (laughs) And so we've got this future reward. But there's also a sense in which we have a present reward as well. For theirs is, present tense, the kingdom of heaven. So One of the things that persecution gives us as a present reward is an evidence that we are indeed united with Christ. And furthermore, and related to that, if we're being uh, persecuted for righteousness' sake, that means God's Holy Spirit is in us, living in us, working in us, transforming us into the image of Christ's Son. So there are rewards that come both in the present and in the world to come. And instead of allowing persecution to silence our testimony, we should instead allow it to embolden us, as it did the early believers. Acts chapter 5 talks about Peter and John and the apostles being beaten for the sake of their testimony before the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. And and it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Why? Why? Because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. 
They were told to be silent. They would not be silent. You know, when we come into times of persecution, we have a tendency to withdraw and be silent. Jesus said, don't do it. That's our time to be salt and light. And so now Jesus transitions from talking about the blessedness of being a disciple to the responsibility of being a disciple. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Jesus here says you, he's speaking specifically about his followers, and it's not a promise, it's a statement. You are the salt. You are the light. And by the way, this portion of Scripture provides us uh, an expression that has been shared down through the centuries. When you find a person of great worth, we oftentimes say of them, people like this are the salt of the earth, or they are worth their weight in salt. That concept, that expression came from Scripture, this particular portion of Scripture. In the ancient world, salt was highly valued. Uh, The Greeks called salt divine. The Romans said there is nothing more useful than sun and salt. And in the time of Christ, salt was connected with several things in people's minds. One thing it was connected with was purity. And perhaps that's because when you hold salt up to the sun, it glistens and sparkles in the sun. The Romans said that salt was the purest of all things, because it came from the purest of all things, sun and sea. Salt was used as an offering to ancient pagan gods. It was also used in some of the offerings of the Jewish sacrifices. When a Christian is called to be the salt of the earth, he's called to be an example of purity. One of the tendencies of this world in which we live is the lowering, the continuous lowering of standards of purity. Standards of honesty, diligence, moral standards, and so forth. Christians are called to hold high the standards of purity. We're to keep ourselves unstained from the world. Now the fact of the matter is that every Christian falls short. There's none righteous, no, not one. John said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There are no perfect Christians. Nevertheless, even though a Christian might be struggling with some sin, perhaps a besetting sin, no true Christian can ever condone sin. No Christian can say, well, it's not really sin if the Bible says it's sin. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. If the Bible says it's right, it's right. The Bible is the standard of right and wrong. Believers are called to uphold the standards of right and wrong. Whether or not they can maintain those standards themselves is irregardless. Salt is also a preservative. That was true then, it's even true today. Because back then they didn't have refrigerators and things like that. In that tropical environment, uh, food would oftentimes rot very, very quickly, especially meat, and so it would be stored in salt. And so what he's talking about is the tendency of this world to 
go from stages of decay, of rotting, and we are called to be a preservative. Now, we've all been around people where when you're around them, it's easy to be good because of the example that they set. And we've all been around people when you're around them, it's not so easy to be good because of the example they set. And Christians are called to set a good example so the people around us are encouraged to do what's right in the sight of God. And there's a very important thought to ponder as we wrap up this chaotic week here in the U.S. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And you can find out more about the church and its various ministries on the website highlands.us. Perhaps you're looking for a church where you can worship and serve. Again, details are on the website highlands.us. And share with them the fact that you listen to this daily broadcast. Just click on the contact link in the corner. And if you'd like to join with us financially, help continue this ministry on a regular basis, then you can give safely on the website at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and your weekend. And come back on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God to the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew and study verse by verse.